Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're listening to the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. I am Steven. I am joined by Cade and Jackson. Gentlemen, what's going on? I'm tired of watching free throws. I was going to say, hold on, I think. Give me one second. Yep, Jimmy Butler just shot two more. Uh, well since you guys already are going to take us there let's go ahead and recap the last four games since we've recorded last um last week had the loss at orlando 115 to 126 uh cade kind of really was never really in grasp that game well paulo banquero showed why he was the number one pick and you know, and he's just proving everyone right in that in that regard for the Magic. Um, he's just physically ready for the NBA. Skill wise, he's ready for the NBA all around. Ready for the NBA. Um, he just scored twenty five on us, made us look silly. Um, Shea did not have the best offensive game, but still dropped thirty three. That's just what Shea does. Um, gotta have the rest of the guys playing well if you want to win those kind of games, and you gotta limit a big body like Paolo, especially when your bigs are out. Yeah, and and Jackson, and then just moving right into uh to, to the game against Washington, a one twenty seven to one ten win. Uh, I, I mean, felt pretty good overall compared to to what the Magic game was uh on was it Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, I think it was the most dominant Thunder win I can remember in quite some time. Um, I mean, start to finish, we we outscored them, we doubled them up in the first quarter, and just never looked back, which for this Thunder group is a new thing instead of, you know, getting doubled up in the first quarter and having to come back in the third, they just came out hot and never let up. And um, honestly, it was, it was some of the most fun Thunder basketball we've had in a while. Um, I mean, the games have been you know fun this year, but just coming out and blowing somebody out, it felt like the good old days. Yeah, and then moving right along to Sunday's game uh, against the Mavericks, a one twenty to one oh nine win. Uh, Cade Lu- um, Luca caught the uh, Dort flu uh, once again. Didn't play, but I mean, a win's a win, right? Yeah, I mean it's becoming a theme. I mean, on a back to back, I probably will not want to deal with Lou Dort, just the way it is. Um, yeah, a win's a win. It's when you're supposed to win, and they did win. Um, it was kind of there was kind of hype on Mavericks Twitter about. What's his name? Jaden Hardy. Um, he's p- potentially going to go off. He had scored 30 recently, apparently. Um, played 27 minutes, only had nine points. So nothing crazy there. They just have a lot of creation from anywhere. Christian Wood had 27 and 17, but they seem to be empty stats as it didn't help him win. Um, just not a lot of creation when Luke is not on the floor. So I mean, it's just one that you're supposed to win, and they did. So good for them. Yeah, and then moving right along to the first Thunder National Broadcast game in – over two years, I think is what it was. Last time was the bubble. September, yeah, September 2020. Man, that seemed and to to me, I mean, I we'll talk about this game here in a minute. But to me, that does not seem like that long ago. Not at all. No, it it, it doesn't until you're like you're reading the tweets and stuff. It's like the last time we played on national TV, Chris Paul was playing point guard, and that feels like it was a while ago. Yeah. And then since then, we've got how many SGA game winners to kind of like cloud it together? You know, got one almost immediately after with him against Charlotte. So, I mean, crazy times. Yep. So, but yeah, um, Jackson, 112 to 111 loss kind of seems like it just, I mean, we, you know, Thunder had it that whole time and then kind of just let it slip, slip right away. Yeah, that was, 
um, the case of being a young team, um, as we joked about in the intro. I mean, the Heat set the NBA record 40 for 40 from the free throw line, which is unbelievable um, and unbelievable in a lot of ways. But they, the Heat were down four starters. It was a game that, that was there to be won. Um, say it was a really, really good game from Giddy, a triple-double, you know, 18, 15, and 10. Um, Shea was slowed down a little bit. Miami did a, a really good job defending him around the basket. Um, but, you know, it was there to be one at the end. You know, Kenrich Williams had a chance to knock down two and make it a two-possession game. Wiggins got the offensive rebound and turned it over. You know, there was a, there was a lot of chances there. And then J-Dub with the end one foul and Jimmy Butler at the end. But, you know, it's a game that, as a young team, we're going to have. And hopefully, you know, it's something they learn from. Yeah, I just want to hop in and say uh, both Shea and Giddy got 18 shots. That is something you want to see from your two stars taking about an equal amount of shots. Um, Obviously, Shea got a little bit more points with 26, but getting to do that and pull out the triple-double, that was quite impressive to see, especially in a game that didn't feel like it was completely controlled by the Thunder. So overall, good things to see. And also just a game that you're going to see a lot of film on uh, defensively on what not to do. Yeah, and and joining us here just a couple minutes in, Josh is with us this for this episode as well. Josh, um, yeah, just give us just a real quick out of the last four games, what what was the what, what was the best game for the Thunder? Well, um, you know they played in a lot of good games. Um, I know we lost to the Heat last night on national TV, but um, I'm gonna say that game because I mean we just saw you know a young team really grow up. I know it was frustrating with the fouls and the heat making 40 free throws, setting a, a NBA record, but I uh, thought Josh Giddy and SGA both had a really good game. Giddy with a triple double and um, SGA doing his thing. Um, what could you guys said? I definitely think it is a learning experience. Yeah. And, and even, you know, so, you know, we talk about these last couple of games uh, and I'll, I'll phrase this question for, for everyone to, to take a shot at it. Is there a making a push for the play in coming in? I mean, you're only, you know, two games back of the Warriors right now. I mean, every everybody except for maybe, you know, you know, the Mavericks, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Nuggets, like everybody else seems kind of in play. Jackson, I'll kind of start with you on this one. I mean, it, it is there a push to maybe try and make a run at the play in? I don't think so. Um, I would love to think that we could, but I think we just tend to have too many times like we did at the end of the game last night where the young team comes out in us. Um, I struggled with, you know, Giddy played really well last night um, and he, you know, that's the aggressiveness you want to see, but in general, um, I don't feel like we have enough guys to create offense at this point. Um, it seemed like they want the ball in the big moments besides SGA. Um, it kind of feels like Blue Dort's like the only person who's willing to try to create something um, a lot of the time. And that is very frustrating depending on his decision making. But I just, I don't think we're quite there um, with having enough offensive options at the moment. Uh, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I think, you know, it's going to take another year of development before we're really in there. I'm going to go with A, you have to look at, is any other team going to be hurt enough for us to, you know, take that spot? I think it's going to take an injury from another team's best star. Uh, you look at the teams that are ahead. I mean, like the Timberwolves, they're going to have to, you're going to, you're going to have to play games without Ant and Cat continuously going forward. I know Cat's already hurt, but when he gets back, they might have a run in them. 
Um, the Lakers might finish ahead of us if LeBron and Anthony Davis can continue to play games, which Davis has not. Um, the Blazers just aren't very good, but I think they're obviously better than us. And like you said, we're a young team. But there's the part of me that's thinking that the Oklahoma City Blue, they they waived Kevin Kongu, which is Shea's friend, and they signed Olivier Saar. So I'm kind of wondering, are they going to sign him on a 10-day contract, Olivier Saar, while we don't have big men? Or are they going to try and fill that void elsewhere, you know, while we're obviously seeing issues coming from that? So I think maybe they're going to try to, but I just think we're not good enough. And if we happen to make a playing game, our inexperiences like last night are going to take over and we're not going to be able to win anything out of it. So I think the push could be there, but I don't think it's going to show for anything. Yeah, I agree with what both of you guys said. I know the standings are really close, and if we go on a hot streak, then maybe there's a chance. But just with this young team, I I really don't see it happening. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can just continue to hang in there and keep getting better. Shout out to the Kings with the fifth seed too. Yeah, <laughs> the the Kings have like just utterly surprised me this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I think the beam has something to do with that, don't They're you? They're fun. They're fun. It is fun watching them shoot the lights out of the ball and the beam into the air. So, yep. So moving right along, it's obviously it's basically the halfway point for the Thunder. So figured what a better time to go ahead and give out some midseason grades. So uh, the guys are kind of just uh, you know they they picked out a couple players. So um, Josh or Jackson, they, either one of you guys can start and then uh, whoever can go next and Cade, and then we'll just kind of just keep running through these as, as long as we can. Yeah, go ahead, Jackson. Go ahead, not, we're going to go ahead and knock out the easy one. Uh, SGA. <laughs> and the last letter there, with the plus behind it. A plus for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, I think I saw he actually has the second best most improved player odds behind Larry Markinen, which is debatable. Um, but I, what's not debatable is the step he's taken this year. Um, I think he'll be in his first all-star game. And if we make that play and push, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up as like a third team all NBA guy. So um, SGA plus here for the first grade for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Josh Giddy. Um, I'm going to give him a, a, a minus. I think, you know, just, he's played really well. He's played some really good moments. He showed that last night with a, a Triple double. I think it's his a uh, sixth triple double in his career. Um, but I'm gonna give Josh Giddy an A minus. I'm gonna go off the limb. And go with Isaiah Joe. Um, great free agency signing. Potentially one of the best. Maybe behind Moose at second. I don't know. You make that decision. Um, just in January alone, he's had a 21 point game and a 13 point game. Just been a great signing overall. I give him a B plus. He just doesn't play enough minutes to get anything better than B plus. That's like the highest note I'm gonna give him. Just in his minutes and in his role, but. Overall, has been a great floor spacer, shooter, hard worker. You know, deserves a B plus for this team. Uh, I've got to jump in. Uh, I've I've got it. Our guy, the Boomtown Hoops MVP, Jalen Williams, J Dub. Yep. Um, I've really seen. You know, I've really liked what I've seen from him, and and so like, I mean, there's still more that I would like to see. Um, you know, he talked about it in his interview. I can't, I think he said it was, it was either Brad Beal or DeMar DeRozan hit him with that, that head fake like six times in a row. And I think, uh, Tuesday night's game against Miami, uh, but Jimmy Butler hit him with that little pump fake head fake, got him to foul him. So, I mean, like if he can keep, you know, keep from jumping so much, mm -hmm. I mean, his, he, I mean, uh, I think he's going to turn out 
obviously other things, but turn out really good. So right now, the Boomtown Hoops MVP, I'm going to go B+. I mean, I, I, there's still room for improvement, obviously, but mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's been as advertised. But his choice of podcast to join A plus plus. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next one I had, uh, Poku, Lisa Pokuszewski, B plus. Which coming into the season, if you told me Poku was going to have a B plus at the halfway point, I a B plus for Poku is basically like an SGA plus plus, like the expectations weren't high. I mean, we, you know, we keep hearing about it, how young he is and everything still, but there's been stretches of the season where he's really been like the second best player on the team. Like he's played really well. Um, he still has his poker moments, but, and the injury kind of lowers the grade a little bit because he hasn't been fully available, but Bogu when he's played has been really phenomenal. You know, I, I can give him a B plus. I'm going to go with uh, Kendrick Williams for my next one. Um, and I'm going to give him a uh, B minus. Um, I know last night, you know, he missed two free throws that were crucial, but um, I think he's played better in some moments on the floor too. So I'm going to give uh, Kendrick Williams a B minus. I just want to ask you a question. When, if you had to go off the top of your head, was the last time Poku played? It seems like forever. It was yeah. the 27th of December. That, that felt way too close for me. Yeah. That's, Cool. Like November. Yeah, I know it. It, it feels, it's been a long time. A lot has happened since then. But yeah, this is showing December twenty seventh. He played two minutes against the Spurs before leaving with an injury. I'm um, solid game from him. But uh, I'm gonna go with the dreaded Lou Dort. Uh, I know everyone wanted to avoid it. Um, I'm gonna give him a C flat. Uh, I don't know. The season has no expectations, but just the shot, the shot attempt, attempts. There are a lot. They are a lot. So I'll give him a C. But at the same time, it's okay for them to be a lot because the season that we're in. But I know Jackson's going to scream and enjoy after I say this. I'll give him a C for the season. Jackson is just biting everything <laughs> just, to, just ready for this. Yep. D for Dort. No, but wow. I, he's that's that's a little harsh. But it, And like I said, it, it seems like there's times where he he's the only person on the team willing mm-hmm. to, to try to create offense. Unfortunately, the offense he creates tends to be – you know, head scratching at best. Um, he when he, you know when he puts the ball on the floor, you get left with a lot of questions. It seems like he on his way to the rim, he's not you know thinking about what he's going to do next. He ends up you know in a lot of situations where he's under the basket, and either throws up a crazy layup or he tries a little dump off pass that doesn't often work. Um, I don't know that that's sustainable in this system. I think if we're a contending team, he's not a second option or a third option. I think at best, you know, he's a fourth or a fifth on offense. And then obviously his defense has been, you know, standard. But in terms of, you know, what you'd like to see, I feel like there's been a lot to be desired. But his defense is elite. So I feel like it's hard to go below a C. But at the same time, I did, I have mentioned that he needs to he needs to get the fifth option mentality before next season, maybe even sixth. You might even give a sixth man, you know, more of a green light than him. But for now, again, it's okay. I'll leave it there for now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, D D was way too harsh. It was more of for the jokes. But I mean, honestly, I think he's probably yeah. about right in terms of expectation. So, like, you know, you'd like to see him make the leap. And there's times where, you know, the catch and shoot is better, but mm-hmm. the decision making feels like it might be worse than ever. Yeah. Well, um, 
I don't know if this is too harsh, but um, I'm actually going to go D for Darius and give Darius basically a D. Um, I know he hasn't played in a few games, and um, I just really haven't been that impressed with him. Coach Mark Gagnall uh, said that he might get his moments, and, um, you know, they're rotating players through, but um, I just I, I don't really see his stock improving anytime soon. I mean, he really just doesn't fit the offense of the team or what we're really building, so it's hard to have a better grade than that realistically. And for for me, it's almost a, like an incomplete. Like you really haven't seen enough yeah. from him this year. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. For so, um, I wanted to go ahead and jump to to Trey Man. I'm going to say a C plus, just because he was kind of sporadic at the beginning of the season, but after his little G League stint, he seems like he's kind of gotten that groove back. So for me, C plus for Trey Man. This is the, my last one. Oh, go ahead. So the incomplete grade you had for for Baszler is kind of what I had for Trey Man. I feel like we haven't quite seen enough of him this year. Um, I mean, there's been stretches. I said last night. I feel like he's really just kind of unlucky. I mean, he, you know, he has a couple of possessions in a row where he just absolutely cooks, and then, you know, maybe not the greatest decision, but you know, the ball ends up, you know, getting posed loose. We give up the clear path foul, and all of a sudden it's a big turn. Um, which, you know, partially is on his decision-making, but, you know, he's not the one that gave up the foul. And, you know, there's just stretches where, like, he plays really, really well, stretches where, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, he feels like he has the shortest leash on the team. So, for me, incomplete is kind of a trade But I'd like to see more before I really can give it, like, a solid grade. You almost have to see a guy like him play more than 20 minutes to give him a grade. But, I mean, I was going to say my last guy I picked was Aaron Wiggins. I'm going to give him a solid B flat. And I'm going to give him that because he is 6-0 in the starting lineup. I'm also not going to give him that because in games that he doesn't start or play heavy minutes, you see him making winning plays, but it's almost like it is an incomplete because you only see it for 9, 10 minutes. So uh, just for the simple fact that when we start, he wins. I'm going to give him a B. And kid, was this the first time that we've lost on Tuesday all year? Am I remembering that right? It should it should be, yeah. And, of course, it was on national TV with the <laughs> TNT Tuesday crew. Oh, Guys, any other ones that you wanna that that we feel like we should uh have grades for is that that pretty much the crew? I'd give Chet an A just because I imagine he's <laughs> gonna be really good at basketball. And when things get stressful, I think about how good he was in summer league and in my head that's worth go. an A plus teammate grade to me. If we're if we're just gonna throw one out, I'll give JRE a B because he uh, a B minus, sorry, because he was pretty solid at the beginning of the season before his injury and his shot has looked much improved. All right, moving right along. So I've got some trades for you guys. I've crafted some up. Um, a lot of these involve uh, Jackson's favorite player to to make money's work. So <laughs> the the first one I'm going to give you, and Kate, you threw this out in the uh, in the Discord uh, chat. I think end of last week or middle of last week. Um. Tell me if this okay. So I'll I'll put this disclaimer on it. So Ludor can't be traded until the fifteenth because he uh just resigned, yeah. So four more or three more days before this comes till this comes out, Jackson is already it's going to agree happen. to this trade. <laughs> so the Oklahoma City Thunder would be trading Darius Baisley and Lou Dort to the Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner. Now, Jackson, I'll go ahead. I'll let you take the first one at this. 
number one, would the Thunder do this? Would the Pacers do this? Would this even make sense? I'll drive from Virginia to OKC to pick them up and drive them to Indiana if I have to. Um, we would do it in a heartbeat. There's no way Indiana agrees to this. Uh, I mean, the, there's just not enough value in it for them. But, yeah, for us, for us, it would be an A++ trade for them. They, their trade grade would be like an F. I mean, it, you'd like to think it would be better. But, I, like I said, phenomenal trade. I'm all in. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, um, I don't think the trade would make sense. Like, it would make sense for the Thunder, but not for the Pacers. But am I allowed to add some pieces to your trade, Stephen? Go for it. I'll allow it. going to say, throw in a bunch of picks and maybe Buddy Hield. I don't, we don't need Buddy Hield, but I just like Buddy Hield a lot. And it'd be cool to see him on the Thunder. The only issue is that would require another player being sent, I think, and a yeah. trade exception or two. So it really depends what you're giving up. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to make it an optimistic make it make sense kind of situation. So Miles Turner is obviously going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Um, if they really want to get some value back, you're getting Darius Baisley here taking a shot on who maybe is like a lob threat for Tyrese Halliburton. You're getting a lockdown defender to maybe make up for some defensive woes of, you know, Ben Mather and who's kind of a smaller forward guard. Um, for the Thunder, obviously, you take it. Uh, you're getting a big man. He's re- expiring, so you're freeing up that money for whatever you might want to do with it in the offseason or just moving forward. Um, Ludwig's money is locked, so that's money that you're freeing up for the next four years, not just this year. So, overall, it could realistically make sense. I think if you're Thunder, you have to include some picks, which I'm sure they won't have an issue doing, considering we can't play all of our picks, unfortunately. So, I'm just trying to make a little bit of sense of, of it there. I think it would be a win for us. For Indiana, I'll leave it up for them to decide. So moving right along to our next one, uh, this was actually brought to us in the Thunder the, on on Discord from uh oh, make sure I've I call it out right from Da Ryan on um and basically he asked if we would give two seconds for cam reddish and say that's reportedly what the Knicks want. So I took that a step further. And so I'll, I'll go with this trade Darius basically for cam reddish straight up. They're both, both expiring deals. Um, so I, you know, cam reddish, small forward, six foot eight. I mean, basically height wise, you're not changing anything. So, Kate, I'll let you take this one first, and then, and then Jackson and Josh, go and tell me what you think on this one. Uh, if you're in our Discord, you know that I, I really don't agree with this one, even with the restructured uh, trade. Giving up Baisley, as much as I do, or I should say am okay with giving up Baisley, I don't think you're really trading it for a positive. I think you're just trading it for a neutral. Cam Reddish you know, makes us a little bit smaller, and he's going to be in the same situation where there's just not a lot of minutes and opportunity or fit for him out there. Um, who's he going to take minute wise? He's not playing over Jalen Williams. You're not playing over Trey Mann. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Joe, you would argue he doesn't play over. So there's quite a few guys he's not playing over. He's traded to the same situation, probably not happy, probably wants to leave. Um, I don't know if the Knicks feel like that's a lot of value back even for the seconds because they have a decent amount of picks. I don't think they need a Darius Baisley, although they would have a mean all five left handed player lineup that'd be pretty cool but other than that i just don't feel like there's a lot of reason for either side i feel like it's a pretty neutral trade i feel like both teams would be better off being sent somewhere with more opportunity i kind of think in the same way that i don't know that there's necessarily you know a a great reason i don't think either teams you know like 
biting the other's hand off to get it done. But it's kind of one of those things that makes me think it would be worth doing. I mean, clearly both guys don't have a future where they're at. So you, you swap two guys on an expiring and you let them kind of, you know, if, if it works for them, great, they get a chance. If not, you know, both teams just move on. Um, so I think it would be a trade worth doing. I just don't know that it, it would happen. Um, I would be interested to see, you know, how Reddish would fit. I Like you said, I mean, there's sort of a log jam for minutes on the wing, but not necessarily. I think if we had some more legitimate size underneath, he could fit in better. But um, with the way that we're currently lacking size, I don't know that it would be a great fit. But, you know, Baisley's not playing at the moment anyway, so I don't know that it's the end of the world to, you know, swap them for somebody else. Mifflin does not hurt you, so. Yeah, um, I don't think it'd be really a good trade. I mean, they're essentially sort of the same players. Um, Baisley, I think, averages uh, 5.6 points a game. Reddish averages 8.4. Um, but, I mean, if you just do this trade straight up, I mean, kind of like you said, Kate, you know, there's no way he's going to get time over Aaron Wiggins or Isaiah Joe. Um, so I, I just think it would, really wouldn't – I don't think it'd benefit either team really that much either. So moving along to it's it's the last trade I have, and I kind of threw it out last week when we were talking about it in the in our in our Discord channel. Um, this is somebody I've just been kind of very intrigued by, and he helps us in the and uh you know the power forward center area. So the Thunder would be sending Darius Baisley and Lou Dort to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Isaac and a and their and Chicago's first round pick from this year. So Jackson, yeah, go ahead, Jackson. I think I would do it. I'm pretty sure. Um the pick is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I would like to have it, but I don't know that you know we are, you know, with our situation. My only worry with Isaac is he can't stay on the court. Um but when he is on the court, he's been fairly productive in his career. I, um, I know he just recently came back. I haven't had a chance to, to check him out since. But um, and he's definitely shown flashes. He'd be a guy that would be interesting um, to play. I just I worry that you know he can't stay healthy, and that's already an issue we're having with the majority of our big guys. So I would do it, but I I can see why people would say no. I haven't looked at how many years he has left, and obviously that has mattered to me in every trade um, so far. But I don't know. I just – I don't see value in trading for someone who could not stay on the court whenever we're already having that issue. I think you trade for someone who has the opposite issue and they can't come off the court and they're playing 82 games. I uh, get your Iron Man. But, yeah, I just don't see the value in wasting – even those guys that you mentioned, they they would be probably better off fit somewhere else. You're probably helping them more by staying in somewhere else. And then coming in, it's just not worth trading for someone who can't play. He's games. got he's got three years left on his deal. See, I don't know if I want to do that, but I guess it yeah. would be a good salary filler if you wanted to flip that for maybe a a different player come some angry disgruntled star. So that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't really know if the risk is worth the reward for him. Um, you know, if he is injury prone and can't stay healthy, um, but it would be nice to have another pick. I was wrong. I don't think he's come back yet. I. I saw a report. He's playing so in the G, he's playing in the G League tonight. Say, I knew I was close, and then I looked up and I was like, "He does not have stats for this year." I sound like an idiot. 
but yeah, like, like I was saying, I just wanted just to to throw that out to you guys because he's somebody that you know six foot eleven. I mean, him and Chet, you know, that might be a very interesting pairing. So I was just I was just seeing what the what the what you guys were feeling like on that one. So, well, that's pretty much. We're gonna jump into our um, preview for the next three games to finish out this uh, East Coast road trip. Um, you've got Thursday at Philadelphia, Friday at Chicago, and then Sunday at Brooklyn. So, um, Josh, we'll start with you. Just, just uh, we're kind of wrap things up here pretty quick so just uh give me what to look for in the sixers game and what our uh our three game record will be on this one well um it's the start of a really tough road stretch you know going to philadelphia then going to chicago and then going to brooklyn um i mean i just want to see him play competitive it would be nice to see him go to philadelphia and win but we saw that game on new year's eve and obviously the 76ers are a lot better than we are um and going up to their place it's a tough ass to win but um i think the thunder keep it close but i'm gonna say they lose the game uh 118 to 111 um hot take i for my hot take for the game i think uh, josh giddy is gonna outscore james harden so don't realistically think it'll happen but it would be awesome if it did yep uh then friday chicago uh cade uh what are we looking forward to on this one? Looking forward to a lot of points from everyone. Um, we scored a lot against the Celtics, a good defense, and now we're playing the Bulls, a not-so-good defense. So, I mean, if the shots are falling, it might not because it's the second half of a back-to-back. But if the shots are falling, I like a lot of points being scored in this game and potentially a win. But uh, for the three games, I like uh, probably just one and two. Keep it pretty pessimistic. I think we probably beat the Bulls, and I don't think we beat the Nets or the 76ers, even though the Nets are – without Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm in the the one and two camp as well. I think I think the Bulls and the Nets are both winnable, but with the Bulls being on the second night of the back-to-back, um, I am interested in the Nets game to see the SGA, Kyrie, um, you know, matchup. I, see, I, I think SGA probably outplays him, um, but I – I think it's a winnable game. I don't know that will, it could very well end up being like the Miami game last night where we're in it until the end, but we just don't quite have enough. You know, it's going to be our fourth mode game in a row. That wouldn't shock me if, um, you know, one game break off the back-to-back that, you know, we come out a little sluggish. Um, so I think we beat the Bulls. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had a soreness of some sort against the Sixers to rest up for Chicago on Friday. But, um I think like I think one and two. Over under eleven and a half rebounds for Nick Claxton. Over. It just feels like a game he's gonna play like Prime Shack for some reason. Yeah. Over. Definitely gonna be over. Okay, so so Jackson, uh currently as we record this Wednesday night at nine thirty central, the lot the line for the Sixers Thunder is Philly at nine and a half. What are you feeling? Um, well, if somebody rests strategically, like I think, you know, a little soreness here or there, I could see it. Um, I, I, I'd probably take, take the, the Sixers. Um, 
I still, I know he hasn't, you know, completely killed us the last couple of times, but I, I just worry about him beat every time because if he decides he wants to, there's really nothing we can do about it. Um, but eh, nine and a half, a lot of points. Here's, here's what you do if anybody's looking for the advice. You wait until we go down 17 in the first quarter and it's like 23 and a half and then you take it. And then we battle back in the third and we lose by 12. There you go. I'm going to counter. I'm going to say we're going to probably cover that game just because we are 25 and 16 against the spread despite our 18 and 23 record. And it just feels like a game that Embiid probably scores eight points down the stretch to beat us with. So I'm going to go with go, go ahead and say the Thunder will cover that game. I'm going to say the Thunder covered too. Um, I mean, I know they're I mean, as we've seen several times this year, you know, they really don't ever get blown out. You know, they always claw back in and fight and um, make a game close. So that's why I think that the Thunder cover. There we go. Well, folks, we I've very much appreciate you guys coming back and listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, which I'm sure you already have, go back and listen to our interview with Oklahoma City Thunder's very own Jalen Williams, J-Dub. Uh, very cool interview. Um Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more on the next one of kind of more takeaways that we got from him, from from Josh, and, and hopefully Evan's able to join us on the next one as well. So, um, But anyway, until next time, for Josh and Jackson and Cade, I am Stephen. Thunder up. <laughs>